Rolling, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 272, November 22nd, 2019. Uh, back in 2012, it got to 60 on this day, and it was six below in 1880. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. 56 years ago today, JFK was shot, mm-hmm. and it was on a Friday, mm-hmm. as is today a Friday. Where were you? I was in uh, Ward Schuster's uh, history class at Hill High School, and then Brother Lewis came on the loudspeaker. I can remember every moment of it. Yeah. Did they send you guys home? Uh, no. I got sent home. You Sister Gervensi, I was in I first knew grade. one of you did. Yeah. I, I remember Saint you Joseph's school, she walked in crying, oh. and the whole school got sent home. Mm-hmm. So. And then the NFL played that weekend. <laughs> they did? <laughs> yeah, they played that. So Sunday. what's coming up on the ride? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 56 years ago wow. today. I didn't even see a mention of it in the newspapers. I suppose there'll be some big to-do on the 60th anniversary, for example. But, yeah. Uh, in honor of that, are you going to let John and I uh, have like a 90-minute argument <laughs> on who actually pulled the trigger? No. Oswald. No. Magic John's wrong. Those Oswald. off-air uh, discussions are my one and only reason why I keep coming into work every day. When I was in Dallas in <laughs> September, I revisited Dealey Plaza. That's right. I told you I went there, and there's a mark on the highway and you turn around and you look at that building and I said to myself, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell that he pulled it that off. It was Oswald. Not a chance in hell that he pulled that off. Why do you we're say not gonna that? go there. Hey, we're not talking He had a twelve dollar rifle that he got from Wards. Carcano. And and uh, it was a commie piece of crap. No, it was rifle. Italian. It was Our a Carcano thing close enough. Fragile must well, be. Well I can tell you know a lot it's of the major details award. about it. <laughs> Hey, like, a, and it was a mile away up there, and it's it, not a mile. Uh, it's two hundred and some feet. Like Las Vegas, we're not talking about Dallas today. Okay? <laughs> so right. you're, con- are you seriously convinced? I'm not uh, convinced of anything. I'm, I'm I, I would never be surprised to learn that it was not entirely Oswald by himself. I would never be surprised. Then what do you suspect? I don't dwell on it. I'm not a conspiracy guy. I haven't read a lot about it. Uh, Height is your guy to go to on this. You know. No, John is completely well, that's wrong. True. That's true. No, can't, can't trust Did him. someone say conspiracy? Boy, am I glad we don't have open phone lines right now. <laughs> Come on out, everybody. They might be driving to the radio station. Tell John, <laughs> right. shot from 159 million feet. Stop bashing Trump. Yeah. Kenny, I hate to do this to you. <laughs> Kenny. Oh Hail the flashlight off. king. Hail no, you. No. Right away. Fun Friday. <laughs> Would you wait, all wait till the end, please? No, this is important stuff. All right. Good <laughs> evening, Mayor. Yesterday I was online booking a rental car through Enterprise while mine is in the body shop getting some work done. Before final payment, I was prompted with a screen that asked if I wanted to purchase a greenhouse gas emissions offset for a dollar twenty-five for the period of my rental. See attached picture. It says the money will go to a company called TerraPass. I was disappointed to hear it wasn't Kenny's Tree Farm. Well, my curiosity got the better of me. This guy did what a good GLer should do. He went into the website and dug in. Where I saw you could give the gift of carbon offsets at just $4.99 per 1,000 pounds. What a perfect gift for the all the man-made climate change believers. Now they can travel the world with no guilt. 
They say the average American produces 36 pounds. Give me the we don't know that. Uh, it's an environmental, it's an uh, statistic. We don't know that. They say the average American produces 36,000 pounds of CO2 emissions a year. So for a very reasonable $179.64 a year, sure. everyone can live worry-free knowing they have done their part for Mother Earth. Personally, I just go plant trees or something. I will attach a link to the TerraPass website. Uh, this is Zach up in Bemidji, Minnesota. So I went to the website. It's, it's the damnedest thing you've ever seen. I'm uh, yeah, I'm actually on it right uh, now. Somebody's making money on this. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's Absolutely. brilliant. It's just brilliant. We're, we're turning the climate hysteria exactly into what capitalism should do with it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your carbon footprint is reduced by the equivalent amount of carbon offset purchased from emission reduction projects like dairy farms and wind turbines. This one-time personal carbon offset purchase will help make a positive impact on the environment. What a bunch of B as in B, <laughs> S as in S. It's just amazing. It goes on and on and on. The website is uh, uh, provides me with endless nonsense. Right away. I mean, it's the first opening page is you you, you buy carbon offsets right away. You can buy four ninety nine per thousand pounds or renewable energy credits. Right. Five dollars per one thousand kilowatts or BEF water restoration certificates. Two dollars per one thousand gallons. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Wow. It really is. I, what I was unable to determine is who is keeping the money. Is it the TerraPass website people? The people who put together this phony corporation? <laughs> must be. So my question, Such, is if we buy enough carbon credits, will we extend the life of the planet? Can we buy our way out of this? Absolutely. Oh, oh absolutely. Well, hell, hell, I'm going to send them my 179 Absolutely. Bucks, <laughs> and I'm going to fly more. <laughs> so, Kenny, it's kind of like being a Catholic. Yeah. I, I just indulgences. I want to buy another ten minutes. I know these are, these are what were they called? Plenary Plen- indulgences. Yeah, plenary indulgence. I'll get. Hey, Cardinal. I mean, here's twenty bucks here. I gotta go see a hooker. <laughs> well, you don't tell him beforehand. No, I know. I'll see you. No, because then he'd say, "No, it's forty dollars." What does the uh, What does the priest charge? Uh, a couple the, snicker bars oh, and a coke. Uh, Troy writes, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. you. Uh, GLers want their scramble back, Reeves. They really do. We'd love to. Well, we need to create a new one, that's all. You just create a new sounder. You don't. You can't. Uh, uh, legal prevents us from using Frank Sinatra music. Tony Lee. No. Rookie on triangle. Joe on the drums. (laughs) Johnny on guitar. This guy says, create a new one. Yeah, Tony Lee. My idea would be to have the sounds of pouring liquid and clinking glasses. Yeah. All right. Uh, the sound of a saloon. You know, Troy's right. GLers look forward to the scramble. They want a scramble. They deserve a scramble. And we've we've fallen down on the job not creating a new scramble. Well, we tried. Well, we thought we did. I don't but know why. But then they, they put the kibosh on that. Because it has Frank's voice in it. We okay, can't use then, it. Okay, then... We don't need Frank. Get rid of Frank's voice and play the end music of it. No, no. We're we're thinking about this all wrong. Just tell Tony Lee what we need and say, Tony, work your magic. Well, Tony listens every day, so he's probably already working And I guarantee you he'll figure something out. We don't need Frank. We don't need uh, Live from the Sands. Uh, We we don't need any of that. We We could do our own. We live have, from the NAC hardware alone. It doesn't, my, even, my, my it doesn't even have to be that. Yeah. It just point? needs Tony Lee. My point is, uh, get it done. Got it. <laughs> get it done. Yesterday. Look at it. Check mark. 
Yeah. Tony, that, he's that, got it. That means it's done? Yep. The check mark? Hey, hail, a fla- hail a flashlight. Uh, uh, hail you. Hail, hail you. you. Yeah. Johnny uh-huh. just read a news story about a couple of violent explosions billions of light years away. This was yesterday. Oh. They were recently seen by scientists. Uh, Joe then asked, <laughs> when did the explosions occur? Huh. About 5,000 years ago? Uh, Scott, this is uh, Scott from Sealy Lake, Montana, writes, well, Joe, if the galaxies are billions of light years away, then... That's when it happened, <laughs> billions of years ago, not 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 five thousand right. years ago. Right. To, to your to your defense, none of us said no, a word. Of that's not. true. You, yeah. <laughs> you know what it happened? A long time ago. A long time. Yeah. And then uh, give me the ray of hope, Rook. Give yep. the ray of hope ready. Got it. Uh, Karen in Hancock, Michigan, writes: This morning, I was in Jeffers High School in Painesdale, Michigan. The band was rehearsing "O Come, All Ye Faithful." Wow. The true meaning of Christmas lives in the Upper Peninsula. Thanks it's for a great podcast, Karen Cooper, Hancock, Michigan. They're playing Christmas music already. They're, she said they're practicing. practicing. Oh, I'm Christmas. sorry. Yeah. What was the name? Uh, what was the name of the emailer from Sealy Lake, Montana? That's, I, is that Scott Matura? I just no, no different from, Scott. Scott Newpower. I just looked that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, you like that countryside? Oh, Scott, you're so lucky. Oh my goodness. Neighbor about closest neighbor about seven miles away. Wow, <laughs> he's tucked in there between ranges. It's just beautiful. Uh, and one more before I move on to material of utmost importance to the citizens of Gumption County. Uh, Billy Stein, our friend up in Aiken, writes. I don't know if this has ever happened before, but I am requesting a retroactive acknowledgement of the passing of a great living American. Okay. Today, November 22nd, is the 35th anniversary of my dad, Edmund August Bud Stein's death. Dad was a native St. Paulite. The family home was on the corner of Creton and Wellesley. Two of his best buddies growing up were future bar legends Jim O'Gara and Bob Mitch. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was a natural athlete, a big man for the day, and he excelled in swimming where he was chosen to swim an exhibition race against Johnny Weissmuller, the wow. original Tarzan. Water polo, track and field, baseball, and especially football where he was all city from his alma mater, alma mater, mechanic arts. He was recruited to play for Coach Bernie Bierman at the U of M. He was a left tackle alongside fellow stocky bow-legged end by the name of John Mariucci. <laughs> he was recruited away from the U to play for St. Thomas, where he excelled until Pearl Harbor. He enlisted immediately. He wanted to be a Marine, but the recruiter told him, we don't have any uniforms with a 52-inch chest, and they <laughs> sent him to the Navy to become a CB. He spent the duration of the war in the South Pacific making all the landings with the Marines on places like Guadalcanal, Bougainville, and the Solomon Islands. He was in, the, uh, he was in charge of building airstrips. Like most of the greatest generation, he never spoke of the horrors of war, only funny or interesting things like the time a fighter squadron squadron was running out of fuel and how they had to hustle to repair the field so they could land. It was Pappy Boyington and his black sheep. Mm. Pappy gave the CBs his squadron's daily ration of scotch. Wow. <laughs> once, back, once back to civilian life, he met his true love, my mom, Mary, and dad loved her name, he said, because if you ever tried to holler it in anger, you sounded like an idiot. <laughs> uh, dad spent the rest of his life in charge of many large construction projects, the Hennepin County Government Center and the Metrodome, two of his most famous. As I look back on his shaping of my life, especially as a deacon, I realize how much he taught me about the Catholic faith. Mom got us started, but the old fourth degree night who converted to the faith in the back of a Jeep on some godforsaken island, put the finishing touches. I miss him. Good luck, William Edmund Bill Stein. Isn't that great? What a great yeah. story. Yeah, that's a, that's, we, we, 
We acknowledge your retroactive great living America. I know Billy's a frequent contributor. Have you read that before? I've not known that before. Wow. Those known. CBs, uh, n- no job too great. There was nothing they couldn't conquer. I love that he was in charge of the scotch distribution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say, never worry about your carbon output. Uh, never worry about it anyway. But if you are worried about it, get up to uh, EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Get this. 100 bucks off now on all electric bikes, and that's on top of the year-end prices currently available. Now is a great time to buy. Free ATV helmets with all gas youth ATVs. Great Christmas gifts. Earn Grandparent of the Year honors. 100 bucks off all in-stock scooters on top of the year-end sale prices. 100 bucks off all in-stock scooters on top of the year-end sale prices, and $50 off all stay-sick Kids electric balanced dirt bikes. That's never been done before. GLers, GL listeners only can take advantage of Black Friday prices now by mentioning the GL podcast. Nice. So get up there, GLs. It's right on uh, Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Also a great full lineup of all the Yamaha winter equipment, snowmobiles, ATVs, side-by-sides. But great, great pricing right now on all of the inventory at EcoFun Motorsports, Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Cicero. 646. Oh my God! I had a flashback. Wow! Oh, he's taking your call. Take the number. <laughs> JFK, magic bullet or not? <laughs> call that number with your Viking hot takes. What a flashback! Wow. You, know, you know that people are so upset right now that they're calling oh, yeah. eight two five five. Going, let me talk to Joe. No joke. Before you do your ad, yeah. I was doing the beer show last night, mm-hmm. and I and you know people will call in. Hey, tell Reavers I'm at a br- whatever. Yeah. Guy called in, stayed on hold until I was done, wanting to know how we could get the podcast. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm not sure. But I, uh, uh, Eric, I think his name was. I, but I talked to him for five, ten minutes after the beer show. It was great. So now we have a new Do listener. Just yeah. say, give me your phone. Give me your phone. <laughs> give me your phone. <laughs> say, great hospitality uh, really is one of the best things when you're out and about spending your hard-earned money for a great night out. Well, great hospitality is what you get at Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe is in northeast Minneapolis. Three generations, family-run and they have got it put together for you. Whether it's a Christmas party you're putting together, family party. I know Royce is going to there for Thanksgiving. We booked our credit union Christmas party for Jack's Cafe. They can, if you've got a group of 25 to 300, they'll take care of you. They got it all. Plus, if you're just looking to maybe uh, preview, why don't you take your gal or guy out to the GL Rookie Date Night VIP menu where you ask for that menu. It's not on the regular menu. They'll bring it out to you. And for less than $100, you get a free bottle of wine. You get a four-course meal. Prime ribs, salmon, chicken breasts, a butternut squash ravioli, whatever the case may be, you choose, and they will give you wonderful service. 612-789-7297 for reservations. 1920 University Avenue Northeast. That's a University and 19th Avenue. Tell them the rookie sent you. 5960-J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. <laughs> The Freedom From Religion Foundation raced their 1959 Pontiac Ambulance hearse uh, down to Texas and complained to a Texas sheriff uh, after he allowed Kanye West to perform uh, a worship service in a county jail last week. How were they 
How were they offended by that? The Freedom for Religion Foundation requested in a letter to Sheriff Ed Gonzalez Monday that a religious gathering like the church service West held in the Harris County Jail better never happen again, <laughs> arguing it violated the Constitution. Well, it, it didn't. It is our understanding that Harris County Sheriff officials organized two concerts for inmates and staff on Friday, November 15th. The letter says Kanye West and his choir performed songs from West's recent religious album, Jesus is King, and the performances were really more like a church service, a sentiment you explicitly uh, and publicly admitted. Photos suggest this is true. (laughs) Photo reference in one tweet, uh, see uh, Sheriff Gonzalez saying, Kanye and his choir brought some light and church service to people who needed it today at the Harris County Jail. Uh, and another wrote, uh, West's words to inmates were a, was a mission and not a show. Please tell me the sheriff reacted like a solid American citizen. <laughs> In short, this was unconstitutional, the atheist group's letter said, arguing that inmates really didn't have a choice. Nobody believes there is a genuine choice be- between sitting in a cramped lock cell and listening to a two-hour-long concert. The constitutional violation is particularly egregious because it is imposed imposing religion uh, uh, and uh, uh, and that it was seen favorably by Sheriff Gonzalez. Uh, it is no excuse that Conway West is famous, the letter said. <laughs> Say what you want about the man, but Kanye and his choir brought some light to people who needed it today. That was the sheriff's response. Okay. And uh, uh, it was about 200 guys. Uh, they went through a tunnel and they uh, performed uh, in a, some gym or something. Uh Several inmates got down on their knees to pray while officers and even members of West team were moved to tears. It was a powerful moment, Sheriff Gonzalez said. Following this event, Texas Governor Greg Abbott tweeted that it would be great if other artists follow Kanye's lead. And so uh, I think what they're telling the uh, Annie Gaylor and her uh, clown show that shows up in the 59 Pontiac Ambulance hearse, go to hell. Go away. (laughs) Bye-bye. And a question I always want to ask. When this comes up, what goodness are they bringing to the world? Right. Which is none. None. Only darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that, uh, I guess I am suggesting that what Kanye West did there, God only knows that the Freedom from Religion Foundation could turn me around on Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we positive that Kanye is doing this out of purity of we the haven't, heart. Uh, we haven't determined that yet, but so far, so good. You know what, though, Kenny? I think it's both. I think he is, he does believe this, but I also think he's trying to capitalize on it as well, which is what a smart artist would do. Did you see he's trying to move his headquarters for his uh, merchandise to Cody, Wyoming? I did not see that. No. Oh. Oh. I think he's proven also, and I don't mean this in a mean way, that he may have some issues upstairs, shall we say. But yeah, he's that, acknowledged that. So, yeah, so... I think but what would the Freedom for Religion uh, Foundation, uh, they would have much preferred, in other words, if he would have come in there and sang misogynistic rap lyrics? Yeah. They wouldn't have complained about that. Right, sure. They wouldn't have complained about if he came in and, and did rap songs about murder and pillaging and gang life. And They wouldn't have said a bleeping word. No. <laughs> but he didn't come in to do that. He came in to bring some lightness to 200 guys who weren't getting out that day. And these fools... Race for Madison, Wisconsin in their 1959 Pontiac Ambulance hearse all the way down to Harris County, Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Boy, a that long would, drive. That would be a fun guest to have on. It would be really... Well, we've tried in the past. Oh, it would be Kanye? so fun we've to had, get them on. 
We've had uh, one of their attorneys on. And really? He was a foof. Yeah. yeah. But what? When pressed, why aren't? Why don't they say? Show me why this is against the Constitution because it's not there. Oh, you can probably find and, some case law. I think the Supreme Court in the past has really screwed up that whole uh, uh, freedom from religion aspect of the Constitution. And show me how it does harm. It doesn't do any harm. The, the, what the Constitution prohibits is the government establishing a religion, and that's become interpreted now that, you know, insofar as a Harris County sheriff represents the government, they're claiming that he's essentially establishing a religion at that moment by allowing Kanye West to have a church service, mm -hmm. which is utter B as in B, S as in mm -hmm. S. No Congress or Senate created a, a, a religion. Right. And, and, the, and the fear that the founders had is uh, we came over here on leaky boats to get away from having to pay for the religion that the king ordered us to pay. We're not doing that. So you're not establishing this government will not establish a religion. They didn't say a bleeping thing about Kanye West performing in a jail. <laughs> as, that's not in there? As for the captive audience, I've been given to understand that uh, these guys will go to anything. Uh, I mean, if our moms and grandmas got together and held a quilting oh, bee, hell yes. they'd, all be, they'd all be there quilting. Just if the to... Garage Logic Wives Choir showed up, they'd <laughs> yes, be excited. Yes. Maybe we should do a podcast inside prison. Well, you know what? Johnny Cash was way ahead of that curve. Yeah, he was. That could be fun, actually. Mm -hmm. What are you in for? Uh, Downing Wright's producer? No. Inspiration? No. Joe, you can be John's muse for the song... The closer you closer. get to the country's tallest yeah. buildings. Oh, yeah. uh, number two, broken windows at Vike Stadium. Is that windmilling? Snow deflectors must be intended to deflect snow so that it doesn't do harm, but instead they directed it into the windows and broke them. Is that a windmilling, or do we need a new term in the GL lexicon, deflecting? Three, I also don't understand the land speed record being set by a rocket on wheels. The vehicle should have to be driven by the wheels, otherwise it's just a failed airplane. Or maybe a rocket that can't get off the ground. Frequent contributor Downing. He's right on all counts. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy. Are you this, making uh, these songs available on the on the <laughs> on the where? On the Garage Logic page. I see. Yeah. On the where. Uh, this one it might be a little loose because it's kind of long and you know you know. But uh -oh. let's yeah. let's see. I think you'll like it. Ready? Yeah. New vehicles. So there. Saved. Uh, Can I find that on the what, website? What song was that? New vehicle. That was the same. That was about. Paul? Remember when St. Paul was ordering all the new winter oh, things? Yeah. For, yeah. And Downing has one other note. Your discussion of what to call corn raised to feed livestock and produce ethanol versus sweet corn that humans eat got me thinking about what terms we used on the farm up in Bram. As I recall, we called the bulk bulk of the corn that not intended for human consumption simply corn. But if we did need to clarify that we weren't talking about the sweet corn, we would say field corn. Yeah. And I'll anticipate your follow-up question, you being an inquisitive reporter from the old school. With pumpkins, because he uh, sells pumpkins every Halloween. With pumpkins, it's simply pumpkins for the bulk of the crop instead intended for carving. The ones for human consumption are pie pumpkins. P.S. We were thinking alike regarding what question would you ask Oprah. My immediate thought was, don't you think it's about time Stedman made an honest woman of you? David Downing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine how that would be received. You know what else corn is being, uh, the, the rise, I guess, or not rise, but I'll get an email from a farmer, I'm sure, but uh, the, the production of vodka locally uh, in distilleries is helping farmers. Pumpkins? No, corn. Oh. Mm -hmm. I think I watched a special on 
pie pumpkins and the harvesting of them. And I think most of the nation's pie pumpkins, the stuff you buy in the can, yeah. comes from a, a, a small little area in Ohio. And it's just a, a few farms, and they harvest all these pumpkins. Really? And it goes literally from the field into the machine, into a can, and out uh, out to the stores all just in the same day. Punk. It's really fascinating. And if I remember right, it's somewhere in, uh, in Ohio. Do you want to come back with the John Hyde newscast? We shall. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, before we get to news, I have a few obits to get to. That no, I, I don't like obits. I don't either, but uh, we should recognize these folks. Fred Cox has died. Number 14. Played 15 seasons for the Vikings, third longest tenure of any player in franchise history. Uh, he remains the Vikings franchise leader in scoring with 1,365 points. Led the team in scoring for 11 straight seasons from 1963 to 1973. Uh, in 72, while he was still playing, he teamed with John Maddox to invent the Nerf football. That had to be good to him, huh? A foam toy that was softer and mimicked the bounce and feel of a regular football, allowed children to play with it. Well, I never knew that. Lessen, wow. Lessening the risk of breaking or damaging items around the house. Uh, Cox would uh, often say in interviews after he retired, he continued to receive very nice checks uh, throughout his life. How was some mailbox money. Wow. Right. <laughs> mailbox money. That's yeah. fantastic. How fun was it to fire one of those things right into the face <laughs> of your buddy, knowing oh, yeah. that hurt him. it wouldn't hurt at or all? Or your little brother. At all. Oh, it was yeah. so we satisfying. It, we played nail. You would, you would nail the yes. You want to play nail? Yeah. yeah. Joe, you covered him. Was he a good good guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was nice because before playing nail with Nerf, uh, we used rocks. <laughs> so it, wow. it, cha- it was a game changer. <laughs> uh, earlier this week, we had some fun with a clip of Earl Weaver arguing with an umpire. Right. Uh, well, we've lost an Edina native who actually played. For the Orioles under Weaver, Bob Johnson died November 9th at the age of 83. Uh, Johnson played two seasons with the Senators, was then traded to the Orioles, spent four seasons with Baltimore, was a member of the 66 Orioles team, which swept the Dodgers in the World Series. During his time with the Orioles, he became known for his versatility, playing all four infield positions and in the outfield. Uh, In 1964, he led the American League with 15 pinch hits. In one stretch, he had six consecutive pinch hits to tie an American League record. Uh, that might be, uh, as Joe and I would remember, none of you other young punks 
but when you actually had pitchers hitting, so there were a lot of pinch hitters used. That's right. Pinch hit for the pitchers. Mm-hmm. What do you go to the Hall of Fame for? Bleeping up World Series. <laughs> Bleeping up World Series. <laughs> what are you going in for, Earl? <laughs> Former Baltimore Oriole pitcher Jim Palmer, a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, tweeted last week that Johnson, quote, was there in 1965, my first year with the O's. He was one of the good guys. After retiring as a player, Johnson stayed active in baseball, helping put in youth clinics for the Twins and managing a team every winter at the Orioles fantasy camp. Uh, Johnson lived in St. Paul since 1964, survived by Karen, his wife of 58 years, daughter Stephanie, and sons Greg and Todd, and seven grandchildren. The uh, YouTube video was made available by Reavers, I think, the other day, just apropos of nothing. You just enjoy it. Yeah. And it's uh, Earl Weaver confronting umpire Bill oh, Haller and man. vice versa. Uh, but and then I saw some subsequent tweets from people who watch it worried about Earl's blood pressure, to which I retweeted, don't look at his face. It didn't even turn no. red. Yeah. He was in, he just thoroughly enjoyed that theater. He was just, putting on a show. He was putting right. on a show. Yeah. You could tell by how many times he started walking off the field right. and then turned around and walked. And each, time, each time he got a bigger hand. Yes. So he, I, you know what? I'm turning around once more. <laughs> it was an encore. Yep. Several encores is what oh. it was. You touch me. <laughs> you no, put I your finger on me. Oh, it's just so wonderful. Who was the manager that was in the dugout for an event and said to the other guy, Hey, watch this. And he, and he popped his head out of the crowd, and they all booed him. I'll have to ask where is he. Oh, Maybe it's a Royce story. It was that Zimmer. Was, I thought it was, it was Zimmer. Was it? Yeah, hey, watch this. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> suck. Boston had, it was when they were blowing a lead. They right. led the division or something, or the league, maybe the league back then. And uh, he said, watch this, and stuck his head out. And all the Boston fans started booing him. Okay, so we have to, we're having Royce on today, right? Correct. Let's have him recreate what we he did for us oh, off yes. the air okay. the other day. We all got around Reaver's phone we called Royce and we made him tell us an Earl Weaver story that happened out at the Met yeah he uh he was intentionally walking disco Danny Ford thinking it was Larry Heisel but was this the same was this the same instance where Earl laid down no no, that's a different different game that was the The uh, moth moth that got in Butch Weiniger's ear oh 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 (laughs) that's the one I want to hear okay yeah that's the one uh, one other obit, whether you had a gold medal hanging from your neck or just learning how to stand on a snowboard or were one of those flustered skiers wondering where all the kids in the baggy pants were coming from, you knew the name Burton. Jake Burton Carpenter, the man who changed the game on the mountain by fulfilling a grand vision of what a snowboard could be, died Wednesday night of complications stemming from a relapse of testicular cancer. Mm. He was 65 years old. In an email sent to the staff at Burton, CEO John Lacey called Burton our founder, the soul of snowboarding, the one who gave us the sport we love so much. He didn't invent the snowboard, but 12 years after Sherman Poppin tied together a pair of skis with a rope to create what was then called a snurfer, the 23-year-old entrepreneur, then known only as Jake Burton, quit his job in Manhattan, moved to Vermont, and went about dreaming about how far a snowboard might take him. A lot of years, snowboards largely snubbed at resorts because it was too big, the riders were too unrefined, dangers were too real, but the riders became a force of nature. Now 25% of all visitors to mountain resorts in the U.S. are snowboarders. They've bankrolled a business worth more than $1 billion dollars Annually, a big chunk of which is spent on Burton gear. In 1998, with Carpenter's blessing, the Olympics got into the act in hopes of injecting some youth into the older skewing program. 
filled with ski jumpers and hockey players. Really quick email, Joe. You guys were talking about you know reusing paper the other day. You and Johnny were. Mm-hmm. This is from Russ. I'm listening to the uh, podcast, and you're talking about saving paper. I'm a big fan of saving paper myself and reuse as much as possible. However, the topic brought to mind an instance at a previous employer where I had to print an email for some reason. The final page that printed out was just a single line, quote, please consider the environment before printing. (laughs) (laughs) News, Minneapolis residents and visitors will see a change when they visit a grocery store in the city after the city ordinance Friday morning passed the bring your own bag ordinance. We must do something about this. There we go. The ordinance places a five cent fee on each paper or plastic bag that shoppers carry out of a store. Under the ordinance, businesses would keep that five cent fee, not the city. Anyone using federal or state assistance programs like SNAP would be exempt from the ordinance. Minneapolis officials tried to ban plastic bags two years ago. However, the state legislature ruled cities could not make that decision. The measure has its supporters in the community. At a public hearing this week, Minneapolis resident Josie Winship said plastic bags are a big driver of the city's litter problem. She brought a sample to the city council. I walked 12 blocks, which is about one mile in my neighborhood in Seward, and I collected this bag of trash in that amount of time. Plastic. It's approximately one cubic foot for a 30-minute walk. So she brought her uh, uh, this, the kind of stuff I run down to the grocery store and stuff in the recycling bin. She brought that into the city council chambers. I wonder if it occurred to Josie that it really wasn't the plastic that put itself there. It was slobs. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, so the bag didn't walk out of the, the store the and lay down. The bag didn't go rest up a chain link fence by itself. Like Earl Weaver on <laughs> right. the baseball diamond. Right. It's, and uh, thank goodness we have cranks like her on my block. Uh, the crank is my wife, who they'll they'll go out for a walk and just pick up trash. I've done and it I love too. those folks. I love those people. That's awesome. It. I have a grabber. You have yeah. a grabber? No. I got a grabber. You got one? Yeah. Good I, one? I, I got a good one. I don't have to bend Jones. over anymore. I do it on the gravel road uh, up at the farm because <laughs> yeah. the kids like to get rid of the uh, evidence. Yeah. So the old men like me stop the next morning and pick up the evidence, throw it in the box of the truck, and there it rolls around for grabber, about three John? weeks. I, I don't have a grabber, but I do pick up garbage. Well, Is I, that I, a two-prong or three-prong grabber? Mine's a two. Okay. Yep. They'll handle it to top. I think we're familiar with how that works. Yeah. Okay. Like this. Joe's got to grab her. Hashtag me too. Yeah. So now that they've solved that bag problem, uh, you got to start putting together these new uh, liners, these new drops. Here's a man who's oh, got you're his right. own grabber. Well, I wanted to wait till Rook got back so he could help me with them. Yeah, I got We're going to do alternative liners, the Sweet. ones that he plays. Yes. Here's a man who's had a relationship with a vacuum cleaner. Right. Yep. And I got a grabber. Because, yeah, Rook will come up with some good ones too. I got fellas, I think for Christmas we buy Joe a spare grabber just from all of us. Well, you got to have a backup. No, yeah, I know. backup grabber. I, I don't need a backup. Oh, I think well, he needs might. one for those winter times. So it looks like he's got two canes and he's walking <laughs> no, through. No, I don't need a backup grabber. I got a good grabber. I got a good one. You'll be more efficient if you have two. <laughs> I, I only grab with one hand. <laughs> but now that we've solved this bag problem, uh, restaurants will no longer be closing in Uptown, right? That's yeah, apparently uh, yeah. the serious issue. Well, I wonder how long before the city decides they want to taste from that nickel that the grocery yeah. store apparently As is of be now, able they to said, keep. yeah, they, they don't want any. As of now. Anyway. None of the bags the CP brings home go to waste. No, they use them as garbage liners. Uh, 
their garbage liners, and then I recycle, and the whole deal. They're all taken care of. Hmm? I wonder if that will have an effect, though, on grocery stores, what have you, because I'm not going to go to a place that I can't get a, you know my stuff in a bag. You will be able to get it in a bag, but you're going to have to give them a nickel. Not doing it. Okay. Well, I shop at Aldi all the time, and their bags cost money. That's true. So, you know, they cost six cents. What's Aldi's niche in the market? Because one uh, is now open near my house. Aldi is, is it a German. It German started owned? in Germany. Yeah. Well, what's its What's they its own, niche? They own it's, uh, Trader Joe's, and it's well, but all it's the, cheap, isn't it? It's very it's, inexpensive. It's inexpensive, and the materials they have their own place. I think at Batavia, Illinois, where they make their own foods. So you buy uh, Triscuits, for instance, but they're their own brand of Triscuits. Taste exactly. So they're the called same. like Taskets, yeah. they, right? They, <laughs> they taste yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> the yellow basket. But a box costs a buck. I brought some in last week. Yeah. Yes, uh, you did. I ain't, a, a I box, ain't but, fake it's, but it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same thing, <laughs> no. but one letter fake off. News. So this stuff. I ain't eating yeah. fake Triscuits. This stuff uh, is called ice normally, and it costs a dollar each. Well, At Aldi, it's these are fifty cents. Yeah. Oh, it's they're, the same. They're big and distribution. They taste the same. They're big distribution hubs in Faribault. It's yeah. right off the freeway. That's Butter, enough. milk, all eggs, all that I stuff's cheaper. That. Produce That's is fake. cheaper. It's you fake. know what the best it's item they fake. have fake there? Food. You sound like people that are on my Facebook they page They make right now. deviled <laughs> egg potato salad. It is incredible. But it's but it's not with chicken eggs. <laughs> is that not, how you make it? It's not <laughs> with chicken eggs, right? <laughs> right, right. Right. It's, it's like with robin eggs no, or yeah, turtle I, eggs. I tell or my something. kid it's dinosaur eggs. Yeah. <laughs> this news brought to you by Aldi. We're available, Aldi. Continue. Yes, I love Aldi. Friday, a checkpoint at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport reopened days after the Transportation Security Administration shut it down. The TSA closed the alternate checkpoint that directly connects Terminal 1 to the Intercontinental Hotel. Agents said there weren't enough passengers going through the checkpoint. But airport officials said the reopening comes after productive talks with the TSA. It'll be open from 4.45 to 10 a.m. I have a question, in case anyone has any airport knowledge. Okay. Is that checkpoint limited to to be used only by the hotel occupants? It doesn't The majority would be, but you can go to that hotel. Can you go in there and park and use that one? Yes, you you can do that. But it's for carry-on luggage passengers only, correct? Correct. You can't bring your seven pounds or bags of luggage. You you can go through there because it's still open to the public, but the majority... Is going to the hotel, and they're not going to. There's not enough people. There's not enough. It would be better served to be at Terminal One to uh, to increase the speed which people can get through security. Which one is Terminal One? The, the big main one. one. The, the big That's one. The, the big, big one. one. Yeah. The main one, not not the, the, other, the other one's, one's not, not the, the main, main one. one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. President Trump on Friday shot down rumors that he's looking to replace Vice President Mike Pence as his running mate in the 2020 election. In a nearly hour-long interview on Fox and Friends, Trump said that Pence, quote, is our man 100 percent, dismissing whispers about potentially swapping Pence out for former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley on the ticket in the upcoming year. He acknowledged the whispers, and while he didn't deny that she'd be great, Trump said he would continue to stand with Pence. He said, quote, Nikki would be great, but Mike Pence has done a phenomenal job as our vice president. He is our guy, and he is my friend. We now know how many copies of Donald Trump Jr.'s book the Republican National Committee bought. I still think you should have done this with yours, Joe. I do, too. The RNC confirmed to the New York Times that it spent $100,000 last month on copies for a donor promotion. The purchase, disclosed in a recent Federal Elections Commission filing, explains the caveat that accompanied the bestseller listing for Triggered, how the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us, and prompted speculation about what propelled Trump Jr.'s book to that top spot. 
Small dagger next to the book's blurb, and the ranking indicates institutional, special interest group, or bulk purchases. What was Royce's advice for your book? Uh, you needed to sex it up, right? Uh, they should have shot the Ayatollah or something. <laughs> <Shot> <laughs> the Ayatollah. No, you should have at least mentioned that your dad hated the Ayatollah. <laughs> and, ah, they'll get after you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, so they can take a font, uh, yeah. uh, whatever it is. Hey, I want to give you a phone number. Film I want to give you a phone number. 651-426-2800. 651-426-2800. That gets you to the hotline. Right at the meat counter the at Grunhofer's <laughs> Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, downtown Hugo, right on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. That's the number you need to order your Thanksgiving turkey. Fresh, free-range turkeys raised in the clear, cool air of northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. $2.99 a pound, sizes from 10 pounds to 26 pounds, and because it's Grunhofer's, it will be the best turkey you've ever experienced at Thanksgiving. Also, uh, uh, when you go to get the... Uh, Get the turkey, pick up a Grunders, a Grunders, a Grunhofer's pre-made meatloaf, oven ready, and they have spices and high-temp cheese for venison sausage-making Kenny. They have everything that would help you uh, turn your deer into sausage, uh, and the always available 130 different flavors of pork brats, lean pork brats that must be grilled, not boiled in the SGLers. I realize that's a year-round. That's a year-round game we're all playing. We're going to grill all winter long, especially the members of the Royal Order of the Twenty Firsters. But uh, Thanksgiving's uh, less than a week away now. That's right. And Grunhoffers has the turkeys. Call them at 651-426-2800 and reserve yours now at Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats. At the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. I took out a bag of sliders from Grundhoffers this morning from the freezer, which I am cooking tonight on the yes, grill. Nice. Well, this, uh, late this afternoon. What kind of cheese? Uh, I'm going to put a sharp cheddar on mine. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does not sound like good news. Russian President Vladimir Putin has told widows of five scientists who died in a nuclear explosion earlier this year that their husbands were working on, quote, the most advanced and unmatched technical weaponry ever. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Putin's comments came during a ceremony of state decorations at the Kremlin today where he awarded the deceased employees of Russia's state nuclear company with the Order of Courage. On August 8th, five employees of Russia's nuclear company Rosatom were blown up while testing a nuclear rocket propulsion system at the Nyanoska testing site in the White Sea. The blast caused a brief radiation spike in nearby cities. Putin said they made an indispensable contribution to the strengthening of the Russian state. He expressed condolences to the the widows but maintained that Russia would go on developing this type of advanced weaponry. Maybe that should be Greta's next stop. That couldn't have been great for the environment. She must still be sailing, or we would have heard that she landed in Europe. She must still be sailing. I do not want to see the picture from 1898 anymore where no. they say the little girl looks no, like please, Greta. Make please. it stop, please. Yeah. Yeah. Did Putin say anything about playing the Americans like puppets, <laughs> completely controlling every aspect of our lives, he, he politically speaking? He, he didn't bring that up, Kenny. Okay. Tesla, <laughs> late Thursday... Revealed its long-awaited all-electric cyber truck pickup truck. Getting into the pickup business, boasting a starting ugliest truck I've ever seen in my life. It worse does, than it doesn't my, look like a truck. Worse either. than my beloved Studebaker pickup truck. Oh, it's it. horrendous. Oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. that thing's awful. Yeah. It looks like a vehicle of warfare. See you. Chief Executive Elon Musk unveiled the vehicle, which has the angles of a stealth bomber. He did that at Hawthorne, California, in Tesla's facility. 
Uh, the pickup, which thanks to its eco-skeleton and true to Musk's words, looks like nothing else on the road. It'll be offered in three models. Boy, is that hideous. A single motor version with a battery range of 250 plus miles for, Not enough. Thir- for 39.9. A dual motor version with a battery range of 300 plus miles starting at 49.9. And a tri-motor version with a range of 500 plus miles, which starts at 69. Yeah, but get to the good part. Which part? It looks it's like it's supposed Mad to Max. be bulletproof with unbreakable it's, glass. Oh, really? But, yeah. Well, but they broke one at the. They, somebody threw a rocket and the thing shattered <laughs> to <laughs> mean hell. And then they threw a rocket at, at the at oh. the rear door window and that shattered that like shattered. hell. They were playing with the Nerf football. It busted the windshield. You know uh, what? Speaking of that, you mentioned the glass at U.S. Bank. Mm-hmm. Did you see Royce's tweet about that this morning? Yeah, this, you're saving worms. Yeah. Saved, have we ever mentioned how many worms Ziggy saved? <laughs> Are we going to look back at Elon Musk like he was a Bond villain? It, it just seems like everything he does I'm, is I'm not sketchy. In, I'm not in his camp. Yeah. <laughs> a Polish TV channel found out the uh, saying, do not poke the bear, uh, might be true. They've been forced to abandon plans to hold a noisy New Year's Eve party near... Bear Caves, the TVP station. Come on down. <laughs> the TVP station hosts a gala event each New Year featuring concerts and, of course, a lot of drinking. They wanted to relocate the party to Poland's most famous ski resort in the Tatra Mountains. But a local newspaper said hibernating bears might be disturbed by the noise, sparking warnings from the Tatra National Park and a petition that was eventually signed by 28,000 people. TVP chief Jakub Kurski confirmed the event would move back to its previous location in the town of Zakopane, saying New Year's Eve must unite us, not divide us. Zakopane officials also confirmed the location switch, saying they were happy to have managed to convince TVP to return to the town center. Hundreds of protesters marched through Zakopane with a fake bear on a stretcher last week, calling for TVP to relocate the event. The station initially branded the protesters pseudo-ecologists and argued that Sports events had been held in the area without a problem, but now they have given in. Thank you, John. We're going to come back and visit the failed academy. So this is it, a dry return, just like this. Should I do a countdown? Yes. Yes. 59.60. Coming in three, two. Hi, everybody. It's the Rook here. (laughs) Summertime. (laughs) Big, big doings at DKMags.com up in New Brighton. Black Friday. But, baby, they ain't waiting. The deals actually started yesterday, and they run all the way through Saturday the 30th with extra special, not-so-top-secret deals on Black Friday only between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. That's at uh, the New Brighton location. Uh, Same thing happening up at Monticello Pond and Gun. The hour's there on Black Friday, 11 to Seven. But here's something just for us, just for us GLers. Don't te- if you have a friend and he's not a GLer, do not tell him. If you go into DK Mags in New Brighton anytime now through next Friday, ask to see the secret GL deals list. This is a list of stuff just for us. Regular customers, yeah, they got no idea of the existence of this list. It's it's for DK Mags and New Brighton only and ask to see the GL only list. And I don't care if you have to come from War Road or Fulda, DKMags.com and New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, both of them worth every mile of that drive. And the Black Friday deals, they started yesterday. They run through Saturday the 30th, DKMags.com. We're not visiting the failed academy. We're going to visit with Patrick. Then we'll visit the failed academy.
Patrick. Yes, sir. We want you to recreate for us uh, what you did off air the other day. The uh, uh, Earl intentionally walking Danny Ford, believing it to be Larry Heisel. Believing uh, him to be Larry Heisel. We already did that one. No, we, we, we weren't on the air when we did that, Pat. Now we're on the air. We were just oh, wow. we were just sitting around the office. Yeah, we were. In, oh, I thought that was on the air. I was no. wondering why you didn't yeah, I was swear. Why you had no profanity in it whatsoever? No, we are on the air now. Yeah, so don't swear this oh. time. Mike Flanagan, crafty lefty. You remember him? Very sure, yeah. Lefty. He's pitching. Had a very uh, bad record against Larry Heisel. Larry saw the ball well against him. So uh, Gene Mock had his lineup. And he had Danny Ford and Earl and Larry hitting three and four, and uh, they're both uh, what six foot two, the African American lads. Yep. And uh, wide across the shoulders, sleek looking athletes both. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first two guys get on base, and Earl uh, or May, there's there's a guy on second and first base is open. I know this, and Earl says the hell with it. He's not going to let Heisel beat Flanagan and put him in a hole right off the bat. So he orders an intentional walk. And when it gets to 3-0, and Jim Palmer is sitting in the dugout and says, Earl, why are you walking Larry Heisel to get to Dan Ford? He had the wrong uh, African-American <laughs> gentleman. He wanted to walk Heisel to get he wanted to walk Heisel to get the Ford, but this was vice versa. Yeah, he was walking <laughs> Ford. Yes, he was walking the wrong guy. Yep. So he comes running out of the dugout, waving his little arms, uh, <laughs> and orders Flanagan to not walk him, but it's already 3-0, and so I think Flanagan threw one strike, and then he walked him. And then Heisel <laughs> hits a double, and he uh, and comes up and hits a double. And uh, I think the Twins won that game, but I went to see Earl because I had to watch the Baltimore guys agitate him <laughs> about walking the wrong uh, African-American gentleman. And, uh, and Earl, when we walk in, he's already in his underwear. You know, he's yep. under the uniform underwear, smoking a cigarette and having a huge drink of whatever he was drinking that time. And uh, he said, the first one of you bleeping bleepers who says they all look alike, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> So then you entertained us with a story that I went searching the internet for footage, and I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist, where uh, involving a moth and a dispute oh, and Wander, and, yeah. and Earl Wander. laying down on the field. <laughs> yes, Earl. We're about the 11th inning of a sultry night in uh, Memorial, Memorial Stadium, which what, there was no place who could, could, could get sultrier than uh, Baltimore in the middle of the summer, and uh, a moth got into catcher Butch Weininger's ear, and he was flapping around in Butch's ear, which proved to be somewhat distracting. So Butch <laughs> calls timeout, and then they decide they they're going to go out there, and Dick Martin's the trainer, and he's going to try to extract the ear, the, the moth from the ear, but the moth has way too much life in it. It's flapping around. He can't, you know, the object he's he probably had tweezers or something. He's trying to pull it out there with. He can't. So then they decide they got to drown the moth. So they go over to the, they go into the dugout. They got Butch laying there on the dugout thing, and they're pouring water in his ear to drown the moth. <laughs> like, and and the great Bill Brown, the uh, the Bob Brown, excuse me, great Bob Brown, the PR guy from Baltimore, is giving us updates all in the press box on the condition of the moth, uh, whether the moth is going to survive or not, and uh, 
And uh, finally, Earl goes nuts because he wants the game to get keep. Come on, he's got a pitcher standing out. I mean, he's got a hitter. He's ready to win the game in the bottom of the 11th. And, and we're taking all this time to drown them off. And uh, finally, he goes nuts and gets thrown out. And then he's so he's going to protest the game. And they tell him he can't protest the game. And so he lays down between home plate and the pitcher's mound. And security comes out and kind of hoists him up and carries him off. <laughs> Like like one of the hippie protesters in the seventies, he just lays down. The guy in front of the uh, dean's office, you know, uh, protesting, you know, protesting ROTC. That's what it looks like. So, Pat, Johnny, and I, after you told this story, uh, oh, we went man. and found Tom Boswell's piece back on August eighteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Do you know what finally sent him over the edge too? When Al, a home plate umpire, Al Clark had waited nearly a minute to wait for a welt to rise on Lyman Bostock's <laughs> forearm before awarding him a base on a hit-by-pitch. <laughs> that set him off, too? Yes, okay. yes. All right. Well, he could get set off by Dan anything. <laughs> Joe, I think you might have been around when uh, you were out when Brooks Robinson played his last game yeah, uh, yeah. at Met Stadium. Yeah. And then they, you know, they need Brooks was cooked in the middle of the, you know, and they needed the roster spot and they wanted to add a pitcher. And so Brooks announced his retirement basically on a Sunday morning at Met Stadium with, you know, not a TV camera in sight at nine in the morning. And we were all in an early in the dugout and there's no way he had slept. <laughs> he had been up all night. You smell like your average distillery. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gross. But, but it was great. The quotes were great. That's all we cared about. Yeah. Tied with Mock is my favorite all-time baseball person. Me that too. Crazy. Of course, the famous story is the one of Charlie's when he tells the elderly waitress that, uh, hey, honey, Give me three Manhattans before you die. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, what a beauty he was. Once a year, he would take all the Baltimore scribes out for dinner, and they all feared it. You know, they, you know, they go to a fine restaurant, but they all feared it because he'd get drunk and tell them what a bunch of no good SOPs they were. <laughs> But he paid for it. Oh, yeah, he paid for it. He paid for it. And he, you know, big bottles of wine and the whole damn deal. But then he'd abuse everybody during the entire dinner. So, Patrick, I have a huge debt of gratitude for you. You, of all people, and I never would have thought it would come from you, turned me on to the guy uh, named Phil Remington. Uh, with an yep. old bit that was in, I believe it was in Car and Drive. No, it was in Road and Road Track. And track uh, called, right before he died, he was going to, he died. Right. Yeah, it was a long, uh, long Right. Season. The life of Phil Remington. And he was the main engineer, mechanic, designer, uh, you know, genius guy. That for was Carol Shelby. For Carol Shelby and others after the Shelby thing dried up. And... I read this piece and I was absolutely blown away. He is he is now one of my heroes. I just love this well, guy. Well, in the movie, he's the uh, Ray McKinnon character. Yep. The, yep. The, he's the Ray McKinnon, McKinnon character in the movie. He's the one that has the fantastic line. Uh, you guys both saw it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ford versus Ferrari. Yep. He's got the fantastic line when, uh, when uh, you know, Carol Shelby, Matt Damon is still. Uh, 
still very upset and grumpy six months after the death of uh, of uh, Miles, Ken Miles. Right. And, uh, and he says, uh, sometimes they don't get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I've been doing a, looking up a bunch of stuff on this. It was a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Was unbelievable. And, and F1 uh, was particularly bad, too, in the late oh, 60s. But, oh, uh, yeah, these guys. But I was looking up, you know, Donnie, I'm, I'm going to write a little something about this. In fact, Donnie Brook, uh, the three years that they had the big time racing up there, 70, 70, 71, 72. Mark Donahue, Peter Revson, Francois Servet, uh, all. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. It's unbelievable. And uh, Ken Miles' death was well, part of the reasons, uh, part of the reason why they went to steal in-car roll cages. Uh, they didn't even have roll, uh, roll cages in those cars then. <laughs> they were they were like driving a, a gasoline tub, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuel tub. Yeah. And they they didn't wear their seatbelts because they they did they didn't want to burn to death. <laughs> Why don't we able to get the hell out? Yeah, of Yeah, yeah. They thought that being thrown was safer than uh, being trapped in the car. Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing about being caught in the fire is you might survive. Yeah. So, anyway. Do you have any words yeah. of wisdom on uh, gophers at Northwestern? Uh, well, the Gophers are uh, clearly better than Northwestern, and plus Northwestern's uh, defense, which was supposed to be their strength, about half the guys are hurt. So, uh, what if the Gophers don't have their quarterback? I think the kid from Eaton Prairie can win this game. Mm-hmm. He's he's got some composure, and they can run the ball, and they won't have to throw it that much to beat Northwestern. But uh, here's the deal: if if you play Kramer this week, that's four games, and then. So that's his red shirt. The next time you play him, he loses his red shirt. They got mm-hmm. that new red shirt rule where you can play four games. So they got to they got to pretty well know that Morgan's going to be back for the uh, Wisconsin game, uh, or they can blow the red shirt on the guy too. I mean, it's not that big a deal, I guess. But they should win that with that. Tickets are available too for that contest. By the way, Patrick, I looked this morning. Yeah. Four bucks, you can get into that ball game. Uh, are your relatives going to be there to uh, no, the No, we're waiting for the Rose Bowl. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. How about Suits? Suits, are your relatives going to walk down the block and be there? Hell, it's only six blocks away. They'll hear it, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, right. They'll probably hear the groans. But the uh, what time do the Badgers kick off? Do they kick off at 11, too? I thought I they were 2.30. Oh, okay, because hopefully the Badgers win, and then that game on uh, Saturday, next Saturday, is for the whole gonfalon, as Augie would say. Yeah. you got, you got to play for that gonfalon. But, yes, I liked it. I saw your hockey team last night, by the way. They looked dang good. I watched uh, the third period. I was impressed. And yeah. the crowd was pretty good, too. Yeah. Probably yeah. 16 legitimately. What's wrong with you? You sound like a homer. It's not over yet, Pat. <laughs> Badgers play at no. 3 tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Really? So, okay. Well, uh, the golf should be in the plane flying back, knowing that they got at least uh, a chance to play for the title the following. Uh, the following well, they got it. Either way, they're playing for the title, but if Wisconsin loses, they're uh, pretty much in the Rose Bowl if Wisconsin loses. Who's Wisconsin got? Purdue. Purdue. Purdue at home, they should win. Yeah. They should win. Purdue's had a horrible year, but uh, yeah, they should win. So, All right, Patrick, thank you. Talk to you, gentlemen. Thank you. Say, uh, I want to remind you that the uh, Moeller season of giving is underway at the downtown uh, Gavaday store, downtown Minneapolis. It started November 15th. It goes through the 31st. 
You'll save 30 to 40% on all jewelry, including diamonds and designer jewelry. And they're even offering this deal on select watches. This is at the downtown Minneapolis store in Gavaday Common. Uh, on the 29th of November through December 1st at both the Edina stores and St. Paul stores, the molar season of giving begins with $250 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's uh, 50th and France in Edina, Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul. This is the gift-giving capital that solves all GLers' problems. Great gift wrapping, great, great deals right now, and a great inventory of the finest jewelry available, including those select watches. So uh, it's the molar season, the molar season of giving. Find out more at rfmolar.com. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. So this one isn't dry. This one's got a bed. <laughs> All right, it's time to shop for the holidays for Christmas. And this Christmas, shop for the Minnesotans in your life at the Minnesotan. It's the Rook here, created for you, curated for them. That means selected or organized, Kenny. Celebrate the holidays with the Minnesotans by giving gifts that celebrate and truly represent your Minnesotan through unique designs and apparel products like Aldrich Arena, Hooley's Grocery Store, North Shore, Civic and Met Center, including their new exclusive Gopher football hoodie, Return to Glory. Their S- college hats are cool. They got a great I was selection. Looking those. Yeah, those the are cool. The glory days of the 60s. Well, I'm excited to tell you about the Minnesotan. They just released the first of many new old school releases, the Cretanite. Their exclusive vintage purple and gold long sleeve crew. Yep, I'm going to pick it up soon. Inspired by the 1957 Cretanite yearbook cover and perfect for the Cretanite on your Christmas list. Maybe you went to a different school, a city school. They've got a great apparel. Check them out for premium apparel for work or play and for him or her, including quarter zips, Hoodies, flannels, sweatshirts, and a summer and winter headwear collection built for the hat connoisseur on your list. Shop the Minnesotan.com and take advantage of free shipping with an online code. I yield the balance of my time because I was interrupted by Reavers. That's right. Here's the online code, common sense, one word. Through the end of the month, check out their flagship store in historic White Bear Lake seven days a week. You'll love it. The Minnesotan.com. 62. All right. Let's turn that mic on. Yeah. I could have gone 10 more seconds. Leftist protesters <laughs> formed a human wall uh, and uh, kept Ann Coulter uh, from uh, appearing at the University of California, Berkeley. Amber Tang, uh, Amber Tang, a senior reporter for the school's student-run newspaper, The Daily Californian, captured a number of disturbing incidents on video. And there's page, page after page of them. Uh, in this clip, a lone female tries to get through the human wall when an individual apparently posing an event official offers to take her ticket and then takes off with it to the squealing delight of protesters. The same female is seen in the clip walking next to the wall of protesters who begin to get hostile, yelling, get the bleep out of here, B-word, while much larger men stare her down. And it goes on and on and on. But uh, again, the Academy has failed because the Academy is in the business of proselytizing. They're not in the business of education. And the left is taking over these campuses. And that's all I can stand to do on that today. That's okay. all I can stand to do. I, it's I it's despicable. It. It's, it's multiple times a day, mm-hmm. every day. Of the week, everyone should be heard. If right, uh, you agree only with if us. you agree with us. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, isn't exactly. that the third story like that we've done this week? Yeah, so it's, it's happening all over the failed academy. Yeah, I, I have a positive note though, uh, and I, I don't dispute this, and I'll probably be accused of sounding euphorian. 
City dwellers tend to live longer if they are in leafy neighborhoods, according to a study that links green areas to lower rates of premature death. Uh, city dwellers live longer. The trees in cities are already credited with cooling and cleaning the air and absorbing planet warming gases. Now researchers at the Barcelona Institute for Global Health have found they also keep death at bay. More green space is better for health, said Mark, with a last name I can't pronounce, director of the Institute's Urban Planning, Environment, and Health Initiative. People actually live longer if there's more green space around. I'm not going to poo-poo that. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Okay. Makes sense to me. What would you rather be, in a, in a leafy park or riding light rail down University Avenue? Leafy park. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Researchers use satellite images to quantify how much vegetation, including trees, grass, and shrubs, was within 550 yards of people's homes. Levels of vegetation were ranked on a scale under a system known as Normalized Difference of Vegetation Index. You know that one. It's the NDVI. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you something. How do you feel about the city planting trees in the boulevard in front of your house, then making you responsible for the watering of that tree? That tree will eventually grow roots down to the sewer system, break the line from your house out to the main line in the middle of the street, causing you to pay up to $40,000 in repair. Now, how do you feel about those green trees? I'm very thankful I don't have a boulevard. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Green spaces are good for cities and good for citizens. So there you are. And I'm buying that. I'm not going to poo-poo that. Makes sense to me. you got to have those trees around. Right. Yeah. For the birds that aren't still you, alive. And if you'd like to help, uh, Kenny's Carbon Tree Farm is uh, you know, <laughs> just a phone call away. Send me a couple hundred bucks, you rube. I'll plant a tree for you. <laughs> David Bliss writes, Joe, I'm sorry to hear about your troubles with the coffee grinder. Uh, let me give you my method. Uh, place the beans in a thick Ziploc bag, place bag on driveway, strike bag repeatedly with a grinder. <laughs> Realize that your grinder is a golf club and go buy a real grinder at Walmart. Seriously, they are not that expensive. By the way, I stopped by the coffee grounds a couple of weeks ago on a trip to Illinois. That's some good coffee. Here. Dave Bliss, normally uh, contacting us from Bulgaria, but he's still in uh, Oak Park Heights. Oh, cool. Uh, for the uh, time being. And... Uh, uh, Rick in Stillwater writes, Mayor, something that's been nagging at my mind lately uh, is inclusive on the list of foghornable words. It should be. I'm thinking of the city council that decided not to say the pledge at their meetings, the recent story about getting rid of Christmas trees, and you know there are many more examples of this sort of thing. Those who do away with traditional holiday trappings and other customs claims they are doing so in the name of inclusion. But that's nonsense. If I want to include someone at my Christmas party, I invite them. I don't cancel the party or change the decorations. If that, choose, if that person chooses not to attend because they don't like the theme of the party, fine. But don't tell me it's because I excluded them. It seems to me that the crowd that is twisting itself into knots under the pretense of being inclusive is not inclusive at all. No, they are merely nihilists, rendering unto nothing that which still has meaning for many of us. Perhaps for the nihilists, those trappings and customs have lost any meaning, but it's not because they were excluded. They chose to walk away. Therefore, Mayor, can I get a ruling? Can we add all forms of the word inclusive to the list of foghornable words? Hmm. Yes. Yes. And I'm adding the word initiative. I, oh, I can't initiative take it. I can't, well? I can't take it anymore. He's a... He's a nihilist. He doesn't care about anything. Yeah, nihilist, Donnie. M must be must be exhausting. <laughs> nihilist. Inclusivity. Nihilists were all over the big Lebowski. 
Well, that's it, Gio. Well, how do you feel about the term holiday party as opposed to Christmas party? I don't care. Where are you at on that? I don't care. Me neither. I, I, you know, and you can call it a holiday party, and you can bring your Christmas tree, you can bring your Jesus, you can bring your menorah, you can bring your Kwanzaa stuff, and whoever I'm missing, bring it all. Let's tap a keg. <laughs> let's have some fun. I'm more of the let's party. Favor. That's the, what I. The like. let's party. The let's just party. <laughs> the let's party. See, it's the season of giving at Molars, Molar Jewelers, three stores: Gavaday in Minneapolis, Edina at 50th in France, St. Paul, Ford in Cleveland. Find out more at rfmolar.com. The first time I ever heard Chris Reavers on the air, he, uh, and this goes a long way back, and you might not remember this, Chris. You were talking about the uh, party, the political party you belong to, and you called it the beer party. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I. I like this guy. <laughs> I like this guy. And speaking of that, Mike Fratelloni, Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden mm-hmm. Stores. He's been a proud sponsor of Garage Logic for Spruce many tops. years. And uh, he and I interviewed the boys from Toppling Goliath last night. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That is a quality beverage. Really? Oh, man, is that uh, good They beer. make one called Pompeii. That's that what we had. wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Joe, we need to start stopping by by accident on Thursday nights. Toppling what? Toppling Goliath. They are out of Decorah, Iowa. I'll and, be darned. And Pompeii is their IPA, and it's very good. Yeah, right. I agree. All right. Garagelogic.com. Brah.